Our passage this morning comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, and it's a passage that uh, we've spent a little bit of time in already. These are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know if you are sick of hearing me talking about my chickens. Uh, if you are, that's unfortunate because I'm not through uh, talking with them yet. I've been spending some time in the yard lately and I have become uh, a student of, of avian behaviour. And um, we've got a couple different types of chickens uh, here at our place. We've got these beautiful, big heritage breeds. Um, and then we've got uh, a couple of these um, other kinds of chickens that you might have seen before. They're sort of small and brown, and they're called Isa Browns. And um, these two are the most active of all of our chickens. They're the first out of the coop in the morning. They're the most active in destroying our garden. I'm currently having to build covers to protect our veggies um, from the chooks. And they reach maturity earlier than the other chooks and they lay more regularly than the other chooks. They're called Isa Browns and they were developed by a, uh, a Dutch agricultural company. So they were bred over chicken generations to be these active, fruitful birds. So relative to the, uh, I'm just looking back there at the coop, relative to the other ones, they're producing more eggs. They're getting started in laying earlier and they're just running around scratching uh, a lot more than the other birds are to find food, I guess, to, uh, to nourish them, to help in their egg laying capacity. Uh, it's really interesting to watch the way that they just go about doing this thing that they have been purposed to do. They have been purposed to lay a lot of eggs. Um, it's funny uh, watching animals and thinking about humans, uh, the way that we as humans seem to struggle so often to, to do the day-by-day -day things that seem to come so naturally to animals. I believe uh, that humans are actually purposed for something too and I think that's a picture that we get from scripture. Um, we are purposed to, to work in a particular way, purposed to toil, to use an old English word, for a particular end. And for some reason it seems not necessarily to come so easily and naturally to us as it does to chickens and other animals. I don't know if you've seen uh, a, a terrier dog watching uh, small animals run around or a ball run around, or you've seen uh, a cattle dog round people up, or whether you've seen an ox or a beast of burden pulling a load. You get this sense that these creatures live to do that thing so often we as human beings seem to struggle to find that thing 
which we were purposed to do, that thing for which we live to toil or work. You only need to meet someone who has been out of work for a while or who is struggling to find meaningful work. They're the most depressed people in the world. Even if uh, we've had some bad experiences with work and we have this sense that work isn't necessarily the most appealing thing, maybe we want to live for the weekend, isn't it true that when we don't have meaningful work, life seems not to make sense? And the Bible gives us an explanation for this. God is working from the outset of the Bible. The very first words of Scripture talk about God working to create the world and then you might have picked up in genesis 2 it's not like god creates humanity and then thinks oh i better create uh, i better create something for them to do no in uh, chapter 2 of genesis it actually says that uh, it was like the creation wasn't quite complete wasn't quite fulfilled until um, there was human beings to work it it says uh, that there was no one to work the soil so god created humanity. If we were purposed to work, if we are purposed to work, and there is this kind of spiritual dimension to it, even the tilling and the toiling of the soil, why is it that in our careers, as well as in our spiritual life, uh, we seem so often not to take naturally to it? I don't know um, if it's felt like uh, this for you when it comes to your faith even, um, that there is like a task to being a Christian that somehow seems unappealing <laughs> or unnatural, seems intimidating, seems like it would be too heavy. Uh, I think a lot of the time the Christianity that I grew up in had a vision for how I was supposed to outwork my faith that honestly very often I wasn't sure that I could live up to. I wasn't sure that I had the strength to carry, uh, to witness to the world, to win my friends and neighbours to Jesus, just as one example. It seemed uh, too difficult at times. It seemed like something I was unqualified to do. I felt, in fact, burdened so often when I'd come away from church as a child by this idea that I had to go and do something that didn't seem to come naturally to me. Why is that? I believe that if we are struggling with a sense of burden, a sense of yoke with our spirituality, with our Christian faith, it's because the yoke that we are wearing doesn't fit. If our faith seems like a chore, it's because the yoke that we are wearing doesn't actually fit us. Interesting in the words from Matthew 11, the words of Jesus where he acknowledges that that might be the case, that we might be weary and burdened by a yoke and he bids us to come and take his yoke on, a yoke that is light. The taking of that yoke 
will give us rest somehow. This picture of the yoke doesn't come from nowhere. Jesus is tapping into um, language from the Old Testament. Language and a picture from the Old Testament. One example I can think of is Jeremiah, where he uses the yoke as a picture of Babylon's oppression of God's people, Israel. Jesus kind of takes this picture of the yoke and he repurposes it, actually, in um, the 25th chapter of Matthew, he directs this kind of scathing critique of the religious leaders of his time, of the Pharisees and of the teachers of the law. And he says, you pile up a set of expectations on the people's shoulders. It's a yoke they cannot carry. It's an ill-fitting yoke. If we are disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, or we're thinking about becoming disciples or followers of Jesus, and the yoke that we contemplate, the yoke that we see as a part of that, the yoke that we experience as a part of that is wearying. If we experience it as a burden on us, where did we go wrong? <laughs> Why aren't we experiencing the lightness of the yoke that Jesus promises. I think uh, there's two reasons why, and they can kind of be interrelated. One is that we take a yoke on that isn't the yoke that Jesus has for us, that we have a set of expectations of ourselves that aren't actually the expectations that Jesus has of us. The other is that we can have put upon us a yoke that isn't actually the yoke of Jesus. Maybe by church leaders, maybe by our parents, maybe by people in our lives who also don't carry the true yoke of Christ. I don't know if you've ever come across someone who carries a heavy yoke that uh, they sort of make out as uh, the yoke of Christ. They, they have a sort of a, a, a heavy sense of religion on them. These people are often the most miserable people that you could meet. They're often being crushed by the yoke of religion. They're often being crushed by a yoke of righteousness. Uh, you see them straining and heaving to do what they think is the spiritual thing to do, what they think is the right and righteous thing to do. And um, they're often looking to put that yoke on other people as well. I don't know uh, if it's actually mostly about them, if it's about this sense that uh, they are the only ones who can carry this. Well, that is not the yoke of Jesus. And God forbid that we, as uh, the, the staff and leadership at Cornerstone would ever want to foist upon you a yoke that even we can't carry a yoke that isn't from Christ, a yoke that's going to weigh you down, because that is not the yoke that Jesus offers. Sometimes I think it's in our nature, there's something in our brokenness as human beings that makes us want to take on a yoke 
that is not the yoke of Christ. The yoke of Christ is a yoke that is easy, is a yoke that will give us rest. Try this yoke on for size. Sometimes I think we believe, and this is where we go wrong, that the yoke is a yoke of work that we are required to do for God. In fact, even if we look back to those first chapters of Genesis, God was already at work, a work that he then invites humanity into. So, rather than thinking that God has some sort of expectation for you to go out and save your neighbourhood, try this on as the yoke, that God is already at work in your neighbourhood, saving people, saving your neighbourhood, and he invites you into that work to be a co-laborer with him. That's a lighter yoke. I know as I've tried that on, there has been a sense of freedom in it. I don't think I can save my neighbourhood. I can't save myself. That's the story of scripture. That's the story of Jesus. That Jesus is the one who saves us. That Jesus is the one who is at work in the world, already saving it. And he invites us to join him in his work. That's a yoke I believe there's freedom in. That's a yoke that I think we can actually carry. I've been praying this prayer this week and I wonder if you'd join me in praying it today, wherever you're watching this. I'll leave a little gap at the end of the line so you can join me. Dear God, I can't carry the yoke that I choose so often. I'm not strong enough. God, I want you to help me lay down any yoke that is not from you so that I can take up the yoke of Christ. Help me, God, to see the work that you're doing in the world. Help me, God, to join you in that work that you are already doing. Amen. Hey, have a great week.